appreciation that everybody wants to give to you because you guys are awesome for that. So, um, as we get started this morning, the title of the message is, Let There Be. Now, some of us might see this, you know, and your mind automatically kind of goes to, oh, let there be light. I bet Chris is going to talk about something like that. Some of us might go, let it be from the Beatles. This will be awesome. But, you know, neither of those are correct. The title of this message came to me a couple weeks ago. Well, the message came to me a couple weeks ago. The title did not come until yesterday afternoon. But the message came to me a couple weeks ago. And I'm going, God, I don't want to talk about this. Because there's things in my life that I need to deal with, you know. And so I'm like, well, if I don't talk about it, then hopefully, you know, it'll be one of those things that nobody else, you know, will have to deal with either. But the title of this message comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, where it says this. This is Paul writing the church in Corinth. And he says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Let there be. And this comes from the let there be no divisions among you. You see, whenever God is beginning to move, whenever God is beginning to do something, the enemy will do everything he can to stop it. Because the enemy does not want churches, he doesn't want families, he doesn't want communities to start stepping into the things that God has called them to step into. And so what does he do? He does what he does best, which is bring division. I mean, from the very beginning, he sought to bring division between Adam and Eve and God and Adam and Eve from each other. He knew that if he could get Adam and Eve to do what, to, to sin and, and to eat of the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat of, he was going to bring a division between them and God. And then he also knew that by doing that, it was also going to cause a division between Adam and Eve. Now we can sit there and say, oh, that's not scriptural. Chris, what do you mean? Well, look at Adam's response whenever that happened. Whenever God comes to Adam and says, hey, man, you blew it. He said, it was the woman you gave me. <laughs> right? That's right? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm just glad that none of us still blame each other for those kinds of things today, Right? God, it wasn't my fault. If they would have just done the right thing, I'd be better. I wouldn't have made a bad decision if they hadn't. And the enemy just wants to bring division into every aspect of our life. Because, you know, Jesus tells us that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And if we want to see things grow, if we want to see that the kingdom of God just really infiltrate our entire area, then we have to make sure that we are not allowing division to be coming through us. And that's going to be hard. That is hard. That word division there in the Greek, it actually, it's the same word as a rip or a a schism. It's almost as though you were to take something and rip it apart. That's what that word division is. This is not mathematical equations division, although those can be demonic, I'm pretty sure as well. But this is all about just dividing these things in half. And it's trying to make it to where you're going, well, well, no, I mean, you just don't understand my point of view. 
And we begin to have these schisms. We begin to have divisions of things. In other verses, the other word for division, it's actually a word that talks about factions, where it says, don't let other divisions happen in the church, and don't be falling in line with these kind of fruitless arguments. And when it says, because it says those bring division, and that word for division, it means factions. And when you look that up in the Greek, I'm going to make everybody mad. That actually says political parties and division. Ooh. But Chris, you don't know what they think and you don't know what they, I don't, I don't care. But you know what? I know that the Bible says that I cannot allow those political leanings to cause division. Does not mean I agree with you on everything. It does not mean you agree with me on everything. But it means that I'm going to make sure that I am not going to allow division to come simply because we disagree. So often when it comes to one of the most divisive things that, that we tend to do, at least it's been my experience, is that I tend to reverse something that Jesus tells us to do in Scripture. I get the words right, just in the wrong order. Jesus tells us, how about you work on getting the log out of your own eye before you start getting the speck out of somebody else's? I read that sometimes with my actions, apparently. I understand it to be like, you need to remove that speck before I get rid of the log. And I sit there and I look at other people. And I go, oh gosh, can you believe that? Can you believe them? Can you believe what they're doing? Can you believe the things that they are? Oh my gosh. All the while, I have a huge log in my own eye, but I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just a flesh wound. You know, I mean, it's fine. And I can sit there and I can be judgmental at so many other people within the church. I'm not even talking about outside the church. I'm talking about inside the church. I can become so judgmental simply because I don't actually want to deal with the things that God is wanting to deal with me on. And then when I become judgmental, I become divisive. It's really quiet in here this morning, but uh, you know. In Revelation chapter, I'm sorry, yeah, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. This is talking about the devil, and it says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses him before our God day and night. Do we realize that the devil, Satan himself, he is a slanderer. That is what he does. He lies about us and he accuses us constantly. He accuses us before God day and night. But you know where else he also accuses? To each other. Because his job is to bring division. And so if he's sitting there saying, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, you know, so-and-so, they this. You know, so-and-so's like this. You know what I heard from so-and-so to so-and-so and so-and-so about this person? And I bet they're like that too. And we start having these internal monologues going on in our head. And we're going, oh, man. I'm just, oh, man. And we've, we've started accusing them of things that have never even happened. 
or we accuse them of things of something that did happen, but then we don't even know if they've decided to actually repent for it or not. But we just take the opinion of, well, they didn't repent to me, so they're still dirtbags. <clears throat> and we begin to agree with the enemy about what the enemy is saying about our fellow brothers and sisters rather than agreeing with what the word of God says about our brothers and sisters. We have to become a people who recognize that we cannot stand in agreement with the spirit of division. If we really want to see God's work done in this church, if we really want to see God's work done in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, we have to make sure that we are not agreeing with the spirit of division. And man, that is so easy in so many ways, except for those couple. Right? You could probably give me a hundred people, just list off people who, you know, who we all know in the community and in the area. And I'd be like, yeah, I mean, that's no problem. I love them. They're great. This is good. No big deal. Yeah, I'm so good, glad about what God's doing in their life. But I bet out of that hundred, there's probably two that I go, hmm. And then I try to justify it and go, well, I mean, 98 out of 100 is not bad, you know. And it's not in school, but it's also not being obedient to what God has told us to do. Because as long as I continue to justify agreeing with the spirit of division about two out of the hundred, I'm never going to see the fullness of what God wants to do in my life come to pass. And don't worry, I'm just preaching at me, not anybody else, okay? So you guys just get to hear me preaching to myself this morning. We have to stop accusing our brothers and sisters because that's the enemy's job, it's not our job. It does not mean that we ignore unrighteousness. But it means that we speak truth in love. It's a both and, not an either or. There are some people who go, oh man, Chris, but what you said there was harsh and that just, you know, that, that, that brought division to me. Well, I'm sorry. I will try to never give you advice that is not grounded in biblical principle or biblical truth. I'm not saying it's never going to happen. I will do my best to not let that happen. And if the word of God offends me, well, then I needed to be offended in that area because obviously my life was not walking in the direction of the word of God in that area. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to hit those untouchable areas of our lives that we have never let him touch before. We always have these things where we say, oh, yes, God, I mean, take all of me except for this. Well, God is wanting to do something, and we have to start allowing him to actually hit those areas of our lives that are really painful. Because otherwise, we will never be able to step fully into what he has called us to step into. So then the question becomes, all right, so if we recognize that I am... In certain areas where, where I am where I am actually agreeing with the spirit of division, we're going, oh man, I don't even want to. I didn't mean to. I, I wasn't trying to be on the devil's side in that moment. Then what do we do? 
Well, we need to recognize it, and then we need to repent. You say, oh man, I blew it there. God, please forgive me of that. And then we need to make sure that we then do something, that we act in the opposite spirit. So if we have been saying something about someone, if we have been doing something towards someone, if we have been having these feelings of divisiveness towards someone within the body of Christ, and we recognize it and the Holy Spirit brings it to our attention, then how do we fix it? Well, we do that by, like I said, responding in the opposite spirit, which is humility. It is really hard to allow division to come into my life if I am constantly at a place of being humble. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says, this is Paul again, and he says, Therefore I, a prisoner of serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's fault because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. That's very practical, very simple, and extremely hard. If we go back to verse 1 again. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Do we realize we have been called by God? I don't care who you are. I don't care who you're mad at. If they're a brother or sister in the Lord, they have been called by God too. Sometimes it's easier to go, yeah, I've been called by God, but probably not them. (laughs) But we've been called by God. And then verse two says it this, he says, So always be humble and gentle. Always. Always. Do you know what the Greek word there is for always? Always. It does not mean be humble and gentle except. It means always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Oh, I don't want to be patient with people that I don't like. Who rub me the wrong way. Amber says, amen, every day to Jesse. You know, I mean, it's just. And then it says, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. This might be one of the hardest ones, at least for me. Because I like, well, let me rephrase that. I believe I'm right most of the time. And I like to make sure whoever I'm talking to knows that I'm right most of the time. And so if they disagree with me on something, sometimes I just think, well, You're just at fault here, man, and I just got to explain to you why you're wrong so then I can understand why, or you can understand why I'm right. My wife says he does this every day, right? But making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. My wife makes allowances for my faults because she chooses to love me every day. And it's something she has to do often because I'm not easy to live with. But this is who we are supposed to be. And then in verse 3 it says, Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. How 
then do we say, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to hit this area of my life because I don't like that person's attitude. I don't like who they are. I don't like the way they say things. I don't like the way they do things. I don't like this about them. I don't like that about them. Whatever it might be. But usually we end up letting that take us down a bad road and the Holy Spirit saying, no, no, no. How about you just ask me to help you be united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Peace in relationships is a choice. It's not always easy. It's not always something that we can just do, you know, whoo, all right, it's, it's amazing. It's rainbows and butterflies. This is easy all the time. Sometimes you have to choose peace. Paul also tells us in Romans chapter 12, he says this. He says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor we want to know how to fight against that spirit of division outdo one another in showing honor but chris they don't deserve it nowhere in that verse does it say if they deserve it i can honor people who i disagree with i can honor people who i dislike at a personality wise Simply because I can recognize if for nothing else, they are created in the image of God and therefore it is my responsibility to love them. Paul also tells us, I mean, Paul has a lot to say about this and he tells us this in Philippians chapter two. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. You see, one of the things when that division comes and that paper gets ripped and that schism happens. Oftentimes, it has been my experience that that happens because I'm looking to my own interest and not the interest of others. Well, we were divided because you didn't do it the way I thought it should be done. Well, we were divided because you're wrong and I'm right. Where Paul tells us, not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. What would happen if we actually just began to prefer one another better than ourselves, like he tells us to do in Scripture also? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it, all of a sudden you go, oh man, oh man, life is going to change. Things will actually begin to change when we begin to do things the way that God has told us to do things. Now we can make the argument, sure, Chris, you know, this, this all sounds great. But what about the people that I really don't like? The ones who are so irritating, who are so different than I am, and they just drive me nuts. <laughs> Well, you're stuck with your children, okay? So, but um, <clears throat> but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says it like this. And he's talking about, you know, the body of Christ. And it says, but some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally. Understand, God did this intentionally. 
so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern. So there would be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. That is what God is asking us to do. I love the way that it says it there because it, it just gives us this reality. You know, sometimes like, man, if I just ignore that, it's not a big deal. It'll go away. Maybe they'll move. Whatever it might be. But God says, do you realize that I have placed people different than you in community with you so that you can learn to express my love in a way that you never would have expressed it otherwise? In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. Man, I liked it better when I thought that I could just kind of treat people as an appendix and if it needed to be removed, just remove it. But God says, whatever happens to one happens to everybody. The good, the bad, the ugly. So even if you recognize something in someone that is a shortcoming, something that is just, you know, that that is just stirring up all this other stuff inside of you, rather than agreeing with the spirit of division, how about we start agreeing with what the word of God says, which is speaking life over people and speaking life over that situation. Because if one is honored, everyone rejoices. The last thing I want to leave us with this morning well, here in just a minute, is, I love the fact that Paul, throughout all of these things, Paul, with all these different books of the Bible that I'm using, where he's saying so many similar things. Do you know who he was writing to in all of these? Different churches. He was writing to different churches in this. And, and I love that because it shows me that even back then, church people, that's us, had a problem with each other. Well, they go to so-and-so's church over there, and I don't know if I like them. Well, they sit on the other side of the sanctuary of me, and man, they gave me the stink eye one day. I don't know if I really like them. Well, so-and-so was up there playing on the worship team this one day, and my gosh, who let Troy on those drums? (laughs) (laughs) And we have these thoughts that are agreeing with what the enemy is saying rather than agreeing with what the word of God says. And we have to make sure that we stop doing that. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter four, he says this, I'm gonna end here. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. If we would go back to verse 8 there real quick, Tanya, please. If we would do this, Every time we think about the person or the situation that we don't like. And that spirit of division is trying to come up in us. We're like, I don't like this, but I don't like this, I don't like this. I'm like, man, you know, and if they only this and whatever it might be. Every time we begin to do that, 
and we recognize it. We stop. We say, God, forgive me. I recognize that that is not what your word says. So now what do I need to do? I need to go and think about everything that is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there is any excellence... I love that because he goes through this and he goes, anything at all, find one good thing in somebody and think about that. Even you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, this person, I can't think of anything. Well, if they're tall, be like, they can reach a light bulb. That's a good thing to do. If they're a small person, you know, they can fit into tight spaces. All right, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to think about those things that are of some excellence. And that is what I'm going to begin to focus on and not on all of their shortcomings. We have to be willing to do this as believers for our individual selves, for our families, for our church, and for our community, and for the church as a whole in the world. As long as Jesus is being preached, we can be excited about the fact that, man, yeah, that church might do it different than me, but you know what? They preach Jesus. And I'm excited to partner with them, however that might be. I don't have to worry about the other garbage. It may have, I'm just going to say, they preach Jesus. Because Jesus is the only way. But we have to be willing to recognize that when we don't do those things, we end up partnering with the enemy. Paul tells us in Ephesians, I think it's 5, I can't remember for sure, but he says, don't let the sun go down upon your anger. It's not up there. It's just one that came to me right now. Sorry. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because if we allow, if we allow ourselves to go to bed mad and thinking divisive thoughts about whoever it might be, all night long, who do you think is going to be whispering in our ear? Not God. Right? I don't want to agree with the enemy any more than I do and when i recognize that i want to repent and start doing things differently if we want to know how to destroy the works of the of of the devil we have to stop agreeing with those divisive thoughts about one another amen so this is my challenge to you this week let's find a way to start doing what it tells us to do there in philippians chapter 4 verse 8 about just choose one person who you get frustrated with And every time you start thinking about them, instead of thinking about all the negative things, find something that is true, just, honorable, worthy of praise, anything, and think about that. Amen? Amen. Let's stand, guys. We're going to pray and be dismissed. We'll have people up here in the front. If you need prayer for anything, if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer to to accept Jesus as your Savior, if if you need prayer about what we talked about today, whatever it is, don't be ashamed that you need prayer. We all need prayer. So please come up and get prayer at any time. We'd love to be praying with you this morning. So, Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I just thank you for the challenge that you have given me to start doing things differently and the challenge that I am able to help express to the body as well. God, so that we cannot partner, so we can learn not to partner with the spirit of division, but instead partner with the Holy Spirit and that spirit of unity. Because, God, we want to see your kingdom come And your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Guys, you're dismissed. Don't forget we have snacks out in the, out, out in the other room. So stick around and 